Welcome to a new episode of Gamers Cafe, where I bring you everything that's going on in the gaming industry, and sometimes it's a lot, sometimes it's not a lot, sometimes it's like, oh, that happened? Anyways, I'm your host, Brett Dicer, so let's get on with it. So Dark Souls 3, yes, the uh, culmination of the ending of the great saga that is Dark Souls, which was started by Demon Souls back on the PS3 days is um having a new dlc it's called uh ringed city and this is basically the end of de development for dark souls 3 now could we get a new dark souls probably not they're probably going to do something else but uh it's a great game if you love 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 challenges if you hate challenges uh, it's not so good but it should bring a lot more interesting um, tidbits or more interesting difficult monsters tidbits it's not tidbit at all you get frustrated when you die from stupid things you do like falling off cliffs when you're like I'm running I'm running oh I fell off and died I'm an idiot because most games will be like oh no you can't go over this don't go over this you'll die and Dark Souls is like yep you did it good job way to kill yourself and you're like yep you're right uh, but yeah so that's what it's all about. It's got, you know, fire, fire breathing demons, soul spear welding monstrosities, and everything else you can imagine and think of that has fire or swords or shields or big giant dragons or interesting demons in general. That is Dark Souls 3, which makes it a great game in general. That's not actually making fun of it, that's just saying what it is. But yes. You'll be able to play it next week, the 28th, which is Tuesday. So be prepared for it if you have a well, season pass. If you don't, well, you can buy it if you want to. Like I said, it's depending on how much you want to spend on it. But that's that's where we're at with that right now. Um, so I love Dark Souls 3. I don't play as much as I used to, but it's still a great game in general. I highly recommend it just because the whole series is good. Hard but good. Anyways, moving on to Bulletstorm. So, if you guys don't know, Bulletstorm was an interesting uh, FPS way back in 2011. That's right. It's about six years old. Uh, it was kind of a raunchy, in a way, game. It, it, it basically um, it rewarded you for trick kills or interesting kills to do. Um, it had a a leash where you could grab people or grab things and pull it forward or I think you could throw it out as well uh, the story wasn't that great the, the the main protagonist was he just sounded like an idiot nine times out of ten because basically because of the writing but it was a very it was a very like action e oriented uh, game which I didn't mind the guy that much but uh, that that's what it was so it it didn't do badly in reviews, it just didn't do well when it went to the market. Nobody really bought it, which is fine. But Gearbox has decided, hey, you know what? Let's do it again. Let's uh, make it let's make a remastered version of this called the Bullet Storm or the Full Clip Ex Edition, which is the Bullet Storm Experience Full. And it gives you all the old content from when it was released, plus uh, you get Duke Nukem in there. 
voiced by the same guys been doing it since the first Duke Nukem 3D came out. So what's more to love besides Duke Nukem and the terrible Duke Nukem Forever that I never played? Thank God. <laughs> Maybe it'll be better than the Duke Nukem Forever because that thing that, that that thing did not do very well. I'm glad I never played it. Uh, I was never really interested when I kind of saw trailers. I'm like, this looks like stupidity in general. But there you go. There, there you have it. So if you want a game that doesn't take itself too seriously and has interesting ways of killing people, you have this. But if you don't want to do that, you can always wait for Quake Champions or get Doom, which I highly recommend. You have options. Or Overwatch if you like that game. If you don't, that's cool. All right. So Rocket League. Very popular game, very fun game, very easy to pick up, but very hard to challenge game. Uh, is, it, it, what can I say? It's just a great game. However, uh, there's some interesting things going on. So it's not really associated with them, but in Australia, they've decided to, you know, place some bets or actually do some gambling with, uh, with Rocket League. So the developer's like, hey, we have... We do not condone or endorse this. This is not part of us, which the gambling company is like, yeah, they don't do it. We just really like the game. So we're not associated with them whatsoever. I Just to absolve them from anything or any harm, uh, which is great. It's just interesting that uh, it's all have to be like, oh, we don't, we don't condone this. We don't condone this. I don't know what you're doing. I don't, I, we, I, we just don't do it. We get it. You, you don't do it. And that's fine. It's just really funny, but they're like, oh, but, uh, nope, nope. But um, in Australia, it just seems like it's a little too easy to actually do gambling. In the States, you can't really do that too much. I know um, for fantasy sports, a couple companies had a difficulty actually, you know, doing this. But it should be interesting to see what's going to transpire with this and if, this, if people will actually bet on it. I wouldn't bet on it, but since CSGO had a very um, dramatic gambling uh, scheme that was actually not very good for its users. I wouldn't be surprised if there actually is some gambling involved or that people actually will gamble quite a bit on this. My thing is this is probably more statistically better than going to Vegas and gambling there because Vegas, well, it's never in your favor unless you're playing craps, you bet the line, you're statistically better to win or you try to play blackjack and just when you get to your highest bet you just call it you're like i'm done no more i'm done type of thing but that's kind of how you do it or you count cards and then they figure you out and then you're just in trouble because you're apparently not allowed to count cards i just never really understood vegas in that term like hey they're just using their own, your own rules against you but apparently that's bad but yeah so it is what it is, so if you really want to bet on it, make sure you bet in Australia and nowhere else because you can't bet on it. All right, for my World of Warcraft fans or people that play it, there is a massive new update, 7.2, which brings a whole new zone for you to you know defeat the demons as Azeroth and the Horde come together to defeat those nasty demons as well. Um, it's called the Broken Shore Zone. Um, and it's kind of a way where you collect resources to establish a beachhead, and in these resources you get buffs to actually progress through as well. There's also going to be a new dungeon called the Cathedral of the Eternal Night, uh, which is going to be a very difficult one because it's going to have, you know, 
kind of very powerful gear for all you people that play it religiously. And I have no qualms with people playing it religiously. I tried to play it back when it was the vanilla version, and I just got bored of it. But that's that's me. Uh, I think if you play with that with friends and people, it's actually a lot better. But since I was playing by myself, it gets boring after a while. It gets very, very boring. But like I said, I have nothing against it. Uh, what Blizzard has done is a great thing. They have made a very successful MMO, which is very difficult, as a lot of other companies have tried to do it and failed miserably. And I say miserably, look at Star Wars. Star Wars did not do very well. Um, but yeah, new one's coming out. Now, uh, the thing is about the new dungeon, it's not going to really coming out the same time as 7.2. It's going to wait a little bit longer because 7.2 comes out March 28th. But I will say this is the biggest update for Blizzard ever right now. So uh, if you have a bad internet connection, be uh, prepared to wait for a while. If you don't, well, you probably won't wait that long. But yep, if you have gotten kind of bored of it and moved on to other games, this might be another uh, great time to resub and see if you actually like it. If you don't, well, then you're out a certain amount of money for that month and you can just say you can wash your hands to it i'm done with this i don't need this but it's world of warcraft it is like i said before the biggest game for mmos there's no other mmo that actually beats it so i mean that's that's pretty good accolades for blizzard in general all right moving on to uh interplay well interplayer and in exile founder Brian Fargo looks like he's going to be retiring after Wasteland 3 comes out. Yes, the claimed or renowned uh, guy that has helped make Wastelands 2, Torment Tides Numeria, The Bard's Tale 4, Wastelands, uh, Wastelands 3 also helped set up a, a game-exclusive crowdfunding site called Fig. And it's a myriad of other things like help found Interplay, which... In the 90s, was one of the best uh, gaming studios around, and then eventually shuttered because it just wasn't doing very well after that. But also was friends with people that the guy that started up EA, the people that started up Sierra. He's been he's been in the industry for since 1981. He's been around for quite a while. So he said that you know what, I've been in this industry for a while. Love the industry, but. I see all my friends that are retired. They just have more, they have way more free time than I do. So to a point, when, once you've been in the business for 35 years, yeah, you kind of get a little tired of it. And you kind of want to do something else. So there is that. I mean, best of luck to him. I, it's great that he's he did what he did in this industry and he kind of made it what it is today, especially in PC gaming. Uh, so hats off to him and I hope he finds whatever he's going to Hope he finds happiness in whatever else he does, but that's kind of awesome in just the span of what he's done for 35 years. Interplay. If you guys don't know what Interplay is, just Google it. It's uh, one of the best uh, studios in the 90s. It made a whole bunch of things. Earthworm Jim, I think, was one of its credits. Fallout was where it... That's where it started was there, uh, Fallout. Interplay is the one that kind of helped Fallout become what it is. Uh, you also had Wasteland as well. Just so many great games came out of that uh, publisher, and so you you can't you, you can't deny it. Uh, it was just one of those great publishers that I wish was still around, but unfortunately, business 
can't eat you alive, and that's <laughs> that was one of them. They ate that publisher quite quite terribly. All right, so division. So I played the division when it came out. I beat it. It was okay. It had its problem. It had its fair share of problems uh, along the way. It just. It just wasn't the game that I was hoping it would be. That, that was my problem with it. I was hoping it to be a little bit better. It just became just kind of mediocre in general. Great graphics, mediocre, and everything else. Well, the post-launch uh, support has been, uh, well, up and down. Uh, massive release. Uh, it was always released updates, but then the updates would break whatever they fixed prior to it. So they decided to actually deploy a PTR, PTS, Republic Test Realm or Server. Uh, kind of like what Blizzard does with Overwatch to kind of, you know, help um, ease the pain of all these updates. And that helped quite a bit. It also had lots and lots of cheaters in there, and that just kind of made the gameplay not very good. Plus, the Dark Zone wasn't as great as it sounded, uh, so you had that as well. Well, it looks like there was a, there's a new exploit that uh, it's kind of easy to actually glitch out of. So what happens is it seems like... Uh, when you actually jump from cover to cover and just, you know, spam the space bar like crazy, you can actually get out of your body, but you won't actually know that you're out of your body and be invulnerable and be semi-invisible too. Uh, so which leads to, even if you don't intentionally do it, a glitch and an exploit because you can't actually die, but you can kill everybody else in PvP mode, which eh, is never quite good. So... Massive and Ubisoft was like, well, we're not really going to fix it this one. And then delayed their fix and said, okay, we are going to fix it. And then everybody's like, well, you kind of fixed it. Or they kind of said, we fixed it in some circumstances, but not fully. So not really understanding what they're actually doing. So have you fixed it or have you not fixed it? What are you going to do about this? Because people are still going to be playing it once you stop development. And now it might not have a big player base as you want because of just the problems it had. And it just wasn't as good as we were hoping it would be. So that's another thing about it. My thing is, is that Division has had so many problems along the way that it's hard to actually want to get on board and stay on this game for quite a while because of just the massive problems it already had in the beginning and the massive glitches, massive exploits, and the massive hackers it had in Ubisoft kind and massive as well. Kind of going, well, we're just going to give them warnings, give them staunch warnings for these exploiters and hackers. And then all of a sudden, after seeing what Blizzard has done and saying, hey, if you hack, we're done. You, 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 what, there is no warning besides this. If you hack, you're, we're, we're banning you. Now, I think a lot of studios have decided to take that approach uh, just because it does help and it does keep the player base there. But I don't know. I think Massive... Ubisoft and the game division had its chance and just did not do a very good job with it. And it's sad because it was an interesting game, but it just didn't pull through. So we'll see if they ever make a second one. They might not because I know they're going to be making an Avatar game instead. So yay. Yeah, I just really don't know. All right. I rarely, rarely do rumors, but this one, because I really want this game to come out on PC. Uh, well, it seems like it's leaked the Destiny 2 teaser uh, poster, it's going to have a September release date. Now, I'm foreseeing more details coming out from E3 in general. Uh, it also says that there might actually be 
a PC release. Finally. I don't know why the first one never did, but Bungie was like, yeah, we just don't really want to do it. I'm like, why would you not want to release it on PC? It, it's, it would be a really good game for the PC. Just saying. Uh, but yeah, that's how that's what it is right now. It looks like it may come out on PC. I said may because we don't really know for sure. But if Activision can persuade Bungie to actually do it, there you go. Now we'll have massive DLC, maybe, because it's Activision. You see what they did with Call of Duty. Ugh. Uh, I don't mind Call of Duty. It's just the, the massive amount of nickel and diming from Call of Duty is what kind of gets to me on that one. But if that's true, yay! We can finally get Destiny on PC in September. Uh, hopefully. Maybe, maybe not. You never, you never really know with these. These are rumors. These are leaks. But I'm hoping this one's true. I'm hoping, hoping that it actually comes on PC because I want to play it on PC. I don't want to play it on console because I'm terrible at first-person shooters on consoles. I'm not good with a controller and first-person shooters. I suck at it, and I'm willing to admit that. Do I think consoles suck? No, I'm not that. I'm not that type of PC person. I think I enjoy consoles. Just as much as I enjoy PC, it's just I rather prefer to play a lot of games on PC because I can fine-tune tweak it. That's just my personal my my opinion on that. Doesn't say that I don't like consoles. Anyways, moving on to Quake Champions. That's right. So there is an there is a um, map that kind of harkens back to the, you know the old school of Quake because Quake was a great old school game, which I'm glad to see they're remaking it. With modern graphics, but still with that old school vibe on it. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be a very skill based arena, uh, with rocket jumping and everything else. And this just kind of adds to it with di various different zones, very different heights, and uh, you know some hazards like lava in it as well. Uh, so it should be interesting to see what this is all going to be about. But the thing is that they're trying to do Bethesda idea is trying to do is trying to get Twink champions to actually push them into the esports scene even more, and that's why they actually made this game the way it is instead of just doing a quick with a story. They just made it purely multiplayer because they want to push into that esports realm, which I understand that esports is a very lucrative thing and it makes your game be on players' minds and play it for quite a while. If it's not, some players will stick around, other players will not. I know they're trying to do that for Doom a little bit more. It just never really quite worked out as well as they as well as it did because eh, it didn't really feel like it was just uh esports. But I'm glad to see that they're trying to do it. And I'm hoping that Quake Champions will actually be really good because I love Quake. I'm an old school gamer. Or one of the not as old school, but still a little old school gamer. I love the old school games. I love I love when Unreal Tournament came out. Love playing that. When Quake was a new franchise, love playing that and all the other ones. I love the old school first person shooters because it was very twitch based and very skill based, uh, and there was no quick scoping and all that other fun stuff. That everybody's like, "Oh, I'm so good." I'm like, "Hey, no, you're not. You're not really that good. You're okay, but your quick scoping skills. I mean, come on. That's just my opinion about that." But moving on to Civilization VI or Civ VI. So uh, 2K has announced uh, new leaders for Civilization VI. It's going to be Cyrus the Great from Persia and uh, Alexander the Great from Macedonia. That's right. We're going to get two very uh, 
great leaders in their respects. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what it's all about. Uh, but um, it's going to be interesting for Alexander the Great because of just some of the some of the units he's going to get. He's going to get companions, which are just basically heavy, heavy cavalry units. I don't know why I couldn't say that. Uh, and it was widely known as basically the world's first shock trooper troops as well. Um, it's also going to have an ability where they can where they can end of the world where they can go to to war longer without the city falling from attrition or anything else negative uh, side effects from constant war. So that's another one as well. So if you like to attack people like crazy, this one probably is it for you. However, as Alexander died at actually younger than me now. Uh, his army would only go so far until they said, nope, we're done. We can't do this anymore. Can't do it. Uh, but yeah, it should be interesting what it's all about. If you love strategy games, Civilization VI is the one for you because it's actually a really good game. It's really good. You should try it out if, you, if you're a lover of turn-based and strategy games. But it should be interesting to see how all these are going to add and how the dynamics is going to be played with uh, the added new leaders to it. Yes. All right, so everyone knows there's all a bunch of different digital distribution sites that have their own clients or programs. You have Steam, which was the first one to make it popular. You have Origin, because EA really wanted us to make, to for us to install another one and force us to use it for their games. You have uh, Uplay, because you, Ubisoft did th thought it was a great idea from EA to do the same thing, which it really wasn't. I really detest you guys. Now we have GOG Galaxy. Now the reason why I like GOG Galaxy just as much as Steam is there's a few things. One, you don't have to use it if you don't want to. Two, your games are still uh, DRM free. And three, you can cloud save and do specific games to it as well. Um, it's very, and they say gamer friendly, so they're more about the gamer, uh, how the gamer likes it than anything else. It also has a chat system. Uh, they built it up. I used the beta. It's pretty good. Even in beta, I didn't have very many problems. It's pretty robust, pretty good in general. That's why I like this one just as much as I like Steam. One, because I don't have to use it if I don't want to. They're not saying, hey, if you install our games, you have to use this. No, they're saying, hey, this is an option for you to actually use it. You have your friends list. You have a chat option as well. Um, we'll update your games uh, through it as well, so it'll be nice and uniform and clean. Uh, so this is why I like this one. Now, GOG is owned by CD Projekt Red, and you were like, mm, I wonder who they are. They're the ones that made the Witcher series. So they're a pretty great company. I, I got to admit, they actually do, they also, they understand business, but they do it in a way that doesn't make you feel like you're being nickeled and dime. Activision, EA, EA specifically with your Origin and Ubisoft as well because some of their games of late have not been that good. I mean, For Honor, eh. uh, but yeah. So check it out if you want to, but it's coming out a beta and 1.2 update, so it should be very interesting. Like I said, I've had no problems with it. I think it's a great one as well. So if you're playing Halo Wars 2, well, there's a new DLC coming out and it has a new leader who is all about the fire. She just wants to see the world burn. Uh, but yeah, so with her, she gets personalized flame cyclops, which is basically a huge 
power suit with two flamethrowers. So like I said, she loves flames. She also gets a special strike of ODST, Marines, and uh, Hellbringers. She also gets uh, Flame Wart Hogs. She gets Veteran Flame Hogs, Veteran Hellbringer units, and also Hell Drops, Hell Charge, Napalm Missiles, and, Inf and Infernal Special Abilities in the game as well. Uh, so if you're looking kind of for a new uh, leader to actually use, this one, this one could be it for you. Now, it's not free. You're going to have to pay for it, but it's not that bad. It's, about, it's around $6.34, so not pretty bad for a DLC. It's usually most of them that come out are usually $15, so it's, it's a lot less. Uh, now, 343 Industries has said they're going to be doing new DLC drops every month, so it should be interesting to see what, what they're going to come out with for the months ahead. So for at least two years, maybe a year or two years-ish, you're going to see a lot of content coming out of that, which is great. Just I wish you didn't have to buy all of them because it kind of sucks that way. But yeah, I played the open beta and I really wasn't too impressed, but it wasn't a terrible game. I just was not interested in whatsoever. All right, so Corsair announced their new Rams. And guess what? The new Rams have RGB. Yes, because we gamers need everything with lights on them. I don't know about you, but I don't really don't care about lights on every single little piece of thing, but I get it. It's the it's what gamers like. We like colors. Ooh, bright lights. Um, but yeah, if you really want it, it you can get it. It's on the, their new DDR4 RAM. Um, so for their, their 16 uh, gig DDR4, it's $170. For their 32 gigs, it's $140. Um, that's for the 26, 2660 for the the 3000 version of the 32 gigs, it's $305. For the 64 266, it's $680. So the best deal is the 32 gig for the 3000 series, which at 305, because it's cheaper than the other one. So there you go. If you want to RGB out everything that you have, this is one way of doing it. I, for one, could care less about the colors and care about, about if the RAM's good or not, if the RAM's fast or not, and if it will actually, you know, do a good job. But seriously, everything is getting RGB. Why? Why would you do that? <sighs> uh, like I said, I'm fine with putting RGB on your keyboards, on your mice, fine. But when you do it, like your cases, your webcams your monitors on the sides your fans it's, it gets a little bit a little bit crazy there a little bit just, just want to throw it out there all right moving on to overwatch and the new hero that's finally out is she came out this past week orissa i played her a little bit she's not bad uh she's very interesting uh now a lot of players are like ah oh, she's terrible she's worth this and she's she's okay you just got to know how to play her well. Just like every new character comes out, you're like, oh, they're so terrible. And then when you play, they're like, oh, they're not so bad. Actually, you just got to know how to play it. But yes, um, she's a tank hero with uh, where you can deploy shields. They got about 900 health on the shields. Um, she also has an ability to, you know, take extra damage as well. And she also has mini, a minigun, a gun, basically a minigun. Um, not as powerful as Bastion when he's in his deploy mode, but you have that. You also have a way of pulling heroes together uh, with her little ball thing. Uh, but like I said, 
I played her a little bit. She's not she's not half bad if you know how to play her. If you kind of rush in, like if you're playing another one of more of the attack uh, heroes, you're probably gonna die more often. The great thing about her shields is that you can kind of like press E to play it, but you can like, kind of throw it a little bit farther. So if you know you're gonna go in guns blazing, you can do that as well. Um, so it should be interesting to see what the community comes up with strategies and how they're going to use her effectively. But I think she's that bad. That's all. That's really about it. All right, so there's some interesting um, Witcher news. Now, the Witcher series is kind of done for a while, so your Project Red's moving on. But from the author that actually created the series, um, he had some interesting things about it. So he was initially approached... Well, let's actually back up. So he's, he... Wrote a short story that got really popular, so he wrote more and more and more. And then he had, uh, not CD Project Red, but a different developer come out and say, hey, we want to create a game for this. And it was like, okay. But then another CD Project Red came in and said, hey, we want to really want to do this. But he had no faith in the, in the game whatsoever. He's like, I just want all my money up front because uh, I don't think there's going to be any profit in this. <laughs> Boy, was he wrong. Uh, but... I, you want know I like about the author, even though he was like, "Hey, I had no input, and I just wanted that money up front." I basically give all the praise for what CG Project Red has done. So I like how he he has phrased that and said, "You know what? I was I was." He even said himself, "I was stupid to not take royalties from it." However, you want know more praise to the people that actually made this game. It's a great game, and I don't mind uh, gamers coming up to me and saying, "Hey, can you sign my book?" So that's a guy that's really humble about it. And that's really cool about it. Like I said, I love the Witcher series. I think it's one of the one of the best computer franchises out there. One of the best series out there. It's only three games, but it's a very good RPG in general. Um, a little bit different from what Bioware has done, but still great pedigree in general. And I love it. And if you haven't played it, I would say play all three games. The first one's a little hard to get into, but once you get really into it, it's great. Second one really took off the franchise, and the third one made it super popular. But I would play all three because it it does kind of uh, go off of each other, and you kind of get like a sense of it all in the world if you play all three of them. Now, they're all three quite different from each other, especially the first one is drastically different from the second one. Uh, so be prepared for that one in general. But yeah, it was kind of interesting to see that he wanted all his money up front. He's like, I don't think this is going to make any money. You guys are crazy. I just want my money. And he got his money. He's like, I really should have gotten royalties. And, uh, and in my head, I'm like, yes, yes, you should have. Because, wow, you uh, underestimated what your series was all about. But mm, hindsight's 2020, and you never really know. All right, so there is another rumor, and I, because I really want this to actually be true as well. So I only do rumors if I want them to be true. It looks like it's rumored that AMD is going to have a 16-core Ryzen CPU that will run at 3.1 to 3.6 frequency, which is pretty high, which could actually rival the most expensive consumer-based uh, Intel chip out there, which is great because I I always want to see. AMD go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, or at least try to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Intel to make Intel lower their prices because that's what seems to be what AMD does really well. So there's that. Uh, clock speed is interesting because usually when you get to up those cores, you kind of have to, you know, do not as faster clock speeds for the workload in general, but it should be interesting to see if they're actually going to do it. Now, it's kind of a scaled-down version of the Naples CPU, which is what they use for 
the server side of their business. Now, if you're wondering what CPUs are, and I understand CPUs are, and if you're kind of new to just PCs in general and building it, CPUs like Intel and AMD are like the brain of your computer. It's what everything kind of, you know, gets it going and everything. Now, the motherboard is the backbone. It's what everything plugs into. If you don't have the motherboard, you're, you're kind of, don't have a computer, it won't work. I know, that's that's what it is. But that's, that's what it is. So I'm really excited to see if this actually will be 16 core, 32 thread Ryzen processor. That would be awesome. I might actually consider getting that one instead of the 1800X, which I'm still considering until once they get all the bugs fixed, which is pretty bad, especially since the last bug, or the last uh, vulnerability, or the last, it probably is a bug, uh, froze computers. <laughs> Not good at all. But the, they're working on it. They'll, they'll eventually fix it. I feel, I feel sorry for all those that got it, and it was like, eh, there it is. All right. So if you guys don't know, there's a, there's a pretty uh, cult classic, I would call it. It's called Stalker, which actually is an interesting one. Uh, it's kind of based in Chernobyl, and it's kind of an alternate reality in Russia as well. Well, uh, there was a developer that made a lost alpha that kind of brought back a lot of the other old content that was kind of cut from it into kind of it was a mod that created to actually bring more into it well uh the developer of the mod has kind of said well, we kind of released it a little early because of leaks and so we're sorry about it but we 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 are working on the fixes and we're doing post-launch fixes as well so if you really want to get back into chernobyl and stalker series in general this could be it for you uh, Stalker is an older game, so be prepared for not as great graphics as it is now because it's not new. <laughs> let's, let's, be, let's be honest. It's, it's not a new game. So don't be like, oh, what is this graphics? Oh, my gosh. Is this like 2005? Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, but, yeah, if you want to check it out, it's on uh, ModDB uh, for that as well. It's called The Stalker Lost Alpha. Check it out. Check it. Check it out. All right, with a sad heart, it's, it's now end of an era because Blizzard has finally gotten rid of Battle.net from, well, its renowned service. Now, I don't understand why Blizzard wants to get rid of this name. Battle.net is, has been around since they launched in 1996, and they all of a sudden want to call it Blizzard App. Why would you call it such a benign, generic name? Every gamer knows what Battle.net is. In their mindset, branding-wise, it is so good. I don't understand why you want to change it. I get you're trying to unify it, but leave it as that. Battle.net by Blizzard. Fine, whatever. Just leave it like that. I don't understand why you need to change it all the time. But yes, it has finally changed. So what I'm going to do is, because they changed it, if you actually go on to the program, instead of the, the Battle.net symbol, it just says Blizzard on it. But what I'm going to do is on the shortcut, even though I can't change the, the picture, I don't really feel like doing it. I'll just put Battle.net as, as renaming it. Just a little, you know, a little quick, quick uh, slight, slight uh, to Blizzard saying, nope, it's still Battle.net to me, suckas. I mean, I so most gamers are like baffled about this. Like, why are you changing it? There's no reason to change it, except you just want to make sure it says Blizzard on it. Fine, just put Blizzard on it, but you can still call it Battle.net. I don't understand why you need to change that name. Leave it for what it is, because we all know what it is, and we're still going to call it Battle.net regardless of if you change the name to Blizzard app. I'm still, I'm, I'm calling it Battle.net. I'm striking on you. I like you as a developer, but seriously, that is just the dumbest, the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. 
us just change the Blizzard app. You could come up with a way cooler name than that. Yeah. Overwatch, StarCraft, Blizzard app. Like, you guys spent really long and hard on that one. All right. So now, Mass Effect Andromeda is finally out. I'm going through it as fast as I can with a full-time job now. It's, it's a little more difficult. But here's my thing about it, and here's my kind of analysis about it. I don't understand the, all the hate from, like, the, the facial animations. I get they're a little stiff, but when I, I kept on reading this, I was like, okay, have you played their other games? Like, Mass Effect 2, I replayed it recently. And, dude, there are some massive bugs on there. They're quite bad that I'm like, you're you're nitpicking on facial animations. There was one time where I was, like, going around a wall, and I just walked up the wall, and I couldn't, and I had to restart it because I couldn't do it. I couldn't go anywhere. There's also times where I got stuck on a console, like one of those consoles that you have to click on it. I got stuck on top of it, couldn't move again, and I restart the game. I was almost floating at the Shadow Broker um, spaceship at one time. It was just, it was, it, I was laughing because I was like, you guys care more about these stupid facial animations, but you you don't really think about the other bugs. Like, I care more about the terrible bugs than I care about the stupid, fa- I get it, the facial animations kind of like a little funky and a little funny. They were a little funky and a little funny in Mass Effect, the other ones. Who cares? Stop nitpicking. It's nitpicking when you do that. It's like, oh, these facial animations are so terrible. They're getting me out of my game. No, they're really not. It's still it's still an enjoyable game. Get over it. Every time. Just get over it, guys. Don't be like that. I don't understand why you are like that, but just just please please get over it. Please please just be be okay with with what it is. I, I it, it just baffles me. But anyways, for right now, my impression so far is that it's it's a pretty decent game. It's pretty solid uh, rebranding or reintroducing Mass Effect as a new, different storyline. Uh, it should be interesting to see how the story progresses and if it actually will be as good. I don't really have a problem with it. Uh, it's just, like I said, I'm still going through it. There's still a lot of stuff to go through. It's very different. What I am glad is is that they got rid of the scanning feature from Mass Effect 2. That was god-awful. So not fun. It was moving on to deals. Gaming deals for the week. So Mass Effect and Drama is on sale at Green Man Gaming for about 20% off. Or 27% off, excuse me. So you can pick it up for under just just a little over $40. That's actually a pretty good price. Overwatch is on sale for 23, uh, 23% off. On Green Man as well, great game. Uh, Cyber Elite 4 is 18% off, under 50 bucks. Prey is 20% off as well. And uh, Warhammer 40,000 40, Dawn of War 3 is 25% off as well. GOG, you have Titan Quest, you have uh, Darksiders, and uh, Aquinox, Arcania, Battle Worlds, Black Mirror franchise and a whole bunch of others on sale from 10 bucks all the way down to like two bucks so check that one out and and steam has ubisoft publisher weekend deal going on right now they also have resident evil franchise on sale whole bunch of stuff on sale for you to pick up metro redux is on sale as well which is good uh grand theft auto 5 is half off yeah, there's a lot of great ones, so pick it up. Also, uh, Cooling Floor 2 is half off at 15 bucks. Pretty good game as well, so check it, check them all out. And that is 
the end of Gamers Cafe. Thank you for tuning in. As always, please subscribe to Digital Coffee on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio as well. Also follow Digital Coffee on all the social media channels from Twitter, Anchor Radio, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Facebook as well as player.me and as always if you want to support this show please support me on patreon podbean or pick up a digital coffee mug t-shirt or anything else like that all right guys have a great week and see you next week later and happy gaming